Live from an attic somewhere in the north, this is The Late Show with Tom Stark. Hello everybody out there, it's very good to have you here on the Sunday evening. Today we're going to be talking about the evils of the internet. It's a very, uh, <laughs> that's a very tabloid uh, title, but we're going to be looking at what teachers can do about some of the things that are less than savoury, that that wonderful, wonderful uh, technological miracle provides and uh, other questions. So, Live listen in. from an attic somewhere in the north, this is The Late Show with Tom Starkey. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello out there. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, it's a Sunday evening and we have Monday off because of the Queen's funeral. But what I wanted to talk about today is I wanted to talk about the internet. Now, I work in technology. I've worked with technology for just about my entire teaching career. And also, I am now um, a technology advisor. And when I talk about some of the less than savory aspects of uh, children's use of the internet and the internet itself I'm always faced with people saying well you know yeah well but you know you how can you be talking about this because you're like on a podcast and that's on the internet yeah so uh, how can you be talking about uh, social media and the problems with social media when you use it um, and I've said this before but you know what I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about knife crime but I'm still going to use a knife to cut me roast potatoes. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to do tonight is it's a bit more, I don't know a bit if it's a bit more serious than anything else that I've done this evening. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the internet, about uh, that wonderful tool that we have that is all around us basically now and some of the, some of the downsides to it when it comes to children's use of the internet. And I'm going to be slightly controversial. Number one, I'm slightly controversial by talking about some of the disadvantages of the internet, some of the less than savory things. Um, and number two, I'm going to be slightly controversial about the ways in which I believe that teachers and schools can deal with these types of issues. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. The inspiration for this particular show uh, came from a newspaper report that I read uh, online, strangely enough, because that's what you do, um, about uh, the wonderful character of Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, sorry, Tate. Um, uh, Andrew Tate, if you don't know, is a social media, a social media star who uh, specialises in misogynistic rubbish, really, um, and. There was a furore about his popularity. Uh, there was a furore about the messages that he was giving to young people, young boys in particular. Let's not uh, let's not um, beat around the bush. Uh, you know, misogynistic, homophobic, just grubby as all heck. You know, and uh, it all blew up because he became very popular over the holidays, but very popular over the pandemic. Because people, uh, young people were responding to what he's saying. Young men were responding to what he was saying. And the things that he would say, some of the awful things, which I'm not going to get into anymore. Because, I mean, if you, if, if you give people like this 
the attention that they know in no way, shape or form deserve, then you just add fuel to the fire. So I'm not going to talk about specifics. If you want to look him up, look him up. But I don't recommend it because the guy's, the guy's an A-class arsehat. And um, so you need to, if you want to look at, do a bit of background research, be my guest. I'm not going to be talking about it on the show uh, myself. But I was surprised by the reaction. Um, in the iNews, um, I think it was August the 22nd, there was a piece and it was teachers urged to listen for manosphere talk in school corridors amid misogynistic social media trends and the piece concentrated on andrew tate some of the horrendous rubbish he was talking that had been uh, reportedly repeated by students up and down the country you know um uh, the views of women are atrocious uh, the views of uh, on home uh, uh, on homosexuality are equally um, equally terrible. So I don't want to talk about specifics. But what struck me um, in this particular case was kind of the surprise surrounding uh, surrounding it. The surprise surrounding that somebody who has influence on TikTok may have views that were for want of a better word crap and those views would be taken on board by young people and parroted by young people and they would be um internalized by uh, children um boys and copied and i i you know i i thought to myself well um you know Okay, Andrew Tate, uh, I'm not being funny, he's the last in a long line of arsats that appear on social media. Why is it that teachers seem to be surprised by this? And this is this is what this is kind of what got me thinking about this particular show. It's like why 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 are educational establishments surprised by the influence that these people have uh, when it comes to social media, when it comes to channels like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. You know these 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 are the new these are the new rock stars. Uh, people use that allegory quite a lot, but these are the new people. These are the new rock stars. But the difference is, is the the with the dawn of social media, they have a platform for their own philosophies and their own, um, you know, their own grift. Because uh, yeah, it is a grift. Um, and but I was like, have you never been on the internet before? It is it is populated by people who, in no way, shape, or form, want to do good. Um, I'm not too sure why. I'm not too sure why it was particularly uh, Andrew Tate that kind of got people looking at this particular phenomenon. I think it's because, um, and I hope it's because, teaching is uh, very much uh, a profession where there are many women included in it and um, i'm hoping that uh that uh female teachers female staff who work in schools female staff who work in educational establishment were like what is this absolute nonsense that is coming out of these boys mouths um and i, I hope it i hope it was something like that but just the general surprise that somebody who is somebody who has views that are 
harmful, views that are horrible, views that are conspiratorial. The surprise that somebody like this would have a platform. I was like, where have you been? You know, the internet is not a new thing now. Although for somebody my age, it does it always does seem kind of new. I'm I'm from the generation that uh, up until around about my late teens, it wasn't a widespread tool. But since then, the many, 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 many years since then, um, it's been ubiquitous. Where have where have people been that this is a surprise for people? that uh you know the kind of uh, misogynistic bags of meat and hot air are able to pull audiences of millions that people who are actively seeking to harm other people or groups of people uh due to ideology due to politics due to just plain meanness uh have a platform in this hugely unregulated space this hugely unregulated digital space and i was like i've been on social media for um more years than i care to remember and eve the uh, the behavior of so-called civilized people shocks me on here whether it be on twitter now, what I could do is I could spend the rest of the show kind of just giving a list of people that I don't like. <laughs> but we've only got an hour and a half, guys. Um, but, you know, the, the behavior of people who are supposedly professionals, people who are supposedly working in the educational establishment on social media, not everybody, by the way, this is not, I mean, I'm talking about, I talk about your broad strokes in these shows. Um, but the But the behavior of these people who aren't, mega famous who aren't instagramanista instagramanista i think i may have just come up with that don't don't quote me on it um and i, I was reading i was reading this article and there was it was just a certain amount of panic and i'm not talking a mob and, and, and you know moral panic is what this deserves um and so in this show what we're going to well i say we oh by the way ladies and gents um if you'd like to call in uh, you're more than welcome, uh, but try and keep things down to a whisper. I got kids asleep downstairs. I'm in an attic somewhere in the north, as the wonderful intro states. Um, so I'm more than happy to have a chat with people. If they want to call in, please do. If you want to tweet me um, on social media, yes, it's a, we're talking about the evils of social media, but it is a communication tool. Um, you can do that um, at tstarkey1212. Uh, um, because I think it's 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 by it, it's gone it was it's past the time that there is a widespread concern about unregulated media in the digital space. Now you know I mean I'm all for freedom of expression uh, to an extent. I believe in kind of freedom of speech, unless that f freedom uh, curtails or harms uh, the freedoms of somebody else. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are who are unsuitable to be role models. I, I, you know, I'm no, I'm no I'm no Puritan. You know what I mean? I'm no. I, I completely understand that controversy has been a draw for young people uh, since you know since time began. But I was shocked at the response 
in regards to the media. I was shocked at the response in regards to teachers um, and educators, uh, you know, and there are lots of stories about this. Um, and, uh, you know, the National, Society, the National Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Children has called for teachers to ensure people feel comfortable and confident sharing concerns about the online world. Um, uh, later on in the article from uh, the eye, um, it talks about, you know, some of the things that he says and, you know, how teachers need to be able to spot this kind of misogynistic, um, yeah, uh, it's misogynistic grooming, if I'm not going to be too put, uh, you know, I'm not going to put too, too fine a point on him. And there, there's, there was an, there's, there's been an element of panic with all these um, stories. And it's like, I don't know about other educators internet use, I don't know about other teachers internet use, but for me, people like this are no surprise. It's nothing new, you know? So I thought, you know, let, I'll talk about it. Um, we've got a couple of people on the feed already. Listen, thank you very much for getting uh, involved because it's not a particularly it's not a particularly comfortable subject talking about this kind of thing because uh, I think uh, teachers in the teaching profession feel a, a moral obligation to try and do something about these kind of things. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and talk about um, how I feel that that attitude problematizes certain issues that I think uh, this is really about. But um, Cratchers, love it. Uh, part of the problem with social media is that it's very easy to get stuck in an echo chamber. Often people don't get exposed to views that might oppose their own. Maybe that's what's been happening. Maybe we have all been, maybe we've all been lovely, you know, in general, you know, the education professional, people involved in the education profession um, are uh, kind, are caring, are empathetic, and probably would not have any need to go out and search for uh, these kind of characters but they're there they are there um cratches is uh just calling in so let's uh let's see if i can now this is the first time that i have uh i've had a caller so uh let's see how we get on um cratches are you there i am yeah this is the first time i've called in as well so <laughs> we'll see how we go we can, we can be noobs together That's <laughs> Um, what would you like to say? Yeah, well, no, it's just to kind of um, reiterate what I've just said. I think it's it's very um, it's very easy, isn't it? Sometimes to to just get caught up in an echo chamber. You you tend generally tend to be um, like friends with people on Facebook, for example, or mm -hmm. follow people you want to follow on those kind of social media platforms. So you don't often get exposed to um, to people with opposing views, um, and that maybe part of the reason why it has been such a surprise for people when we you know when students i've had it just this week actually a couple of students yeah. started talking about andrew tate and did they um, talk about him in, did they talk so, about him as a you know like in the glowing terms or were they yeah. a bit more critical oh it was the, no. it was the former was it okay yeah unfortunately yeah mm. yeah and i called them out on it. it it was in tutor time there's a couple of lads who uh started talking about it and i said mm, no these uh, hang on a minute mm. you know I, we need to talk about this and yeah. I said that to these guys and they were, okay, well, what, why? And I said, well, he said, this is how he views women. This is how he views, um, you know, he's expressing views which are discriminatory. Um, and he said, uh, well, yeah. And he started to backpedal. So they, it was quite good in the sense that he did understand that actually maybe this guy is 
not uh, worthy of the worship that he was giving him. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he was trying to kind of like kind of justify. Obviously, yeah, but he's funny. I said, mm, but he's not though. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's kind of, this is this is. Where did you get that idea, kiddo? You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, old... yeah, it is strange that that you talk about kind of like the different, the different uh, social uh, social media spheres. You know that we that teachers may be in one uh, in one digital space, for want of a better term, and then students be in another, and that is perhaps one of the reasons why this has come as something of a shock to people. I mean, this. I mean, yeah. Do you think that that? Do you think that that might? Uh, give kind of like a, a push for teachers to try and broaden their horizons a little bit of digital space? Or do you think that that would be counterproductive? What do you reckon? I think it will. I think it might be a bit of a wake up call, um, mm. hopefully at least anyway, because I mean, I know pers- for me personally, I, when I'm on um, Twitter, for example, mm. I will follow people with opposing views because it's, you know, it's that old adage, isn't it? You know, know your enemy or keep your... Yeah, that's, I think I've used that that myself, actually, when people (laughs) say, why are you talking to this guy? Because like, because I need to know more about it. You know, I need to know more about these. I need to know about what, uh, without wanting to justify people's opinions, of course, it is useful to know where people are coming from. That's right. I you believe can formulate so. Um, arguments against their ideas, then as well, can it helps mm-hmm. you to yeah. formulate your own ideas and arguments against what it is that they're they're saying. So I think um, hopefully this kind of thing is going to be a bit of a wake up call now for teachers and sort of see what it is they're saying, and then it will give them more ammunition then as well to pick apart the arguments. So if the kids are kind of blindly following, um, you know, these these poor role models, yeah, you've got more ammunition then to to break them down, to strip yeah. them down, to so for them to understand that that's a really really good point kind of for forewarned is forearmed as it were yeah absolutely Actually, yeah. listen thank you very much for calling and that is uh that's got some real food for thought and i'm uh i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna build on that and about uh in a bit later in the show and talk about not exactly how much uh teachers can do but kind of in fact what other people involved in young people's lives uh, should be doing so thank you for that it's been really nice to speak to you i don't think we did too badly considering did we yes no it was very smooth first yeah time. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you very much for calling in that's great um so uh yeah that's very very true is it about different spheres is it about not occupying the same space that our students occupy when it comes to uh the digital world is it about you know i mean i am not on tiktok because um it, tiktok drives me nuts as somebody who who works with works with technology somebody who's worked with people um who have created apps somebody who's worked with um students who have been horrendously horrendously bullied um with social media being a tool that has um helped that uh i, I tiktok is like something that i would design if i wanted uh, to be able to sell bad ideas um sorry anybody out there tiktok especially tiktok teachers i've got nothing against that kind of stuff you know if i was if i was a little bit younger i might well be up there and dancing and different backgrounds and having that big old bottom of the face to represent kids and all that kind of stuff but i think what crap what cratches there has said is very it's very true we're not we don't share the same spaces we don't share the same spaces of our students and in some ways that's probably quite important having uh, young people having their own space i mean young people having their own space online is is um uh, is going to happen regardless whether it's whether it's tiktok whether it's social media messaging sites 
whatever. But it does still surprise me that the lack of knowledge about these people uh, is 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 there. And what Cratchers was saying there is also very important about you know how can you how can you kind of battle against these people that have seemingly endless resources and seemingly endless um, people who will stick up for them no matter what. Is it you know it's education, isn't it? It's part of it's part of education, uh, but is it? And um, that's what I'm going to be talking about a little later on in the show: is how much responsibility do or should teachers take on board to try and battle, um, or at least try to offer opposing views to some of the absolute nonsense that uh, the Andrew Tates of this world uh, push on people to try to make cash and others this is not just one person i want to make that clear uh this is not just one person this there are strains let, let me i was before the show right let me break this down a little bit before the show i was thinking okay um we'll start with we'll start with uh, andrew taint tate tate sorry taint tate taint tate we'll start with him but then what else do teachers have to deal with when it comes to the influence of social media, when it comes to the influence of the internet? And I just did a quick list, and this was off the top of the head. Um, and I've got it written down on my whiteboard uh, because, uh, you know, ex-teacher. I'm going to have a whiteboard somewhere, aren't I? So I've got bullying, uh, uh, extremist grooming by all um, different types of ideologies, all different types of cults and all different types of hats. Uh, misogy misogynistic and violent pornography front and center in easy to access sites cyber stalking gaming addiction uh, the uh, sexual predator uh, sites dedicated to the encouragement of self-harm and other harmful practices 24-hour online gambling these are the things that uh, teachers um, are seeing being taken on board and entering the kind of zeitgeist when it comes to the students or not if our knowledge isn't really up to scratch. And I sometimes think that that's perhaps the case because um, as the kind of media for all, but it's not just a media for all because the, the, the stories that I were reading, it's about charities getting involved. It's about school leaders getting involved. And I, I cannot believe some of these things that kids are saying because of this person. And I'm like, really, really? What you have is you have a window to the you have the you have a window to everything, in little computers in kids' pockets and uh, big computers at home. Do you really think that there's going to be it's all going to be sweetness and light? Um, but do we go do we go in do we go into our young people's spaces? Is it a teacher's responsibility to fight against this kind of thing? Uh, I think to a certain extent, but after the break um uh after the news rather um i'm going to talk a little bit about how much of uh, the responsibility lies on teachers and educators to kind of fight against um these kind of ideas that are prevalent uh, especially in social media but um let's have the news first hi i'm charlie burley the teacher's health coach and i want to talk to you about the first ever health and well-being event for educators rewriting well-being it's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and well-being in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. 
There'll be talks, workshops, and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch, and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity, EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etcetera Venues, St. Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. With schools across all four home nations due to close on Monday the 19th of September, as part of the plans for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, much of this week's news is set to focus on issues away from reflections and remembrance of the UK's longest serving monarch. In Scotland, the largest teaching union has voted to go on strike in a dispute over pay. The Educational Institute of Scotland, known as EIS, rejected a 5% pay offer following a ballot. The EIS announced on Friday the 16th of September that 91% of the responses to the consultative ballot had voted in favour of strike action. 94% of votes were also in favour of rejecting the 5% pay offer. 78% of all union members responded to the ballot. The union, which represents 8 out of 10 Scottish teachers, will reject the offer next week and move to a statutory ballot on strike action. EIS General Secretary said, teachers have simply had enough of the year-on-year struggle to achieve a fair pay settlement. She went on to say that 5% offer represents a real terms cut of 7%. Scottish teachers have previously been offered rises of 2% and 3.5% before the offer of 5%. The AIS said teachers' request for 10% was fair and reasonable. The Times has released its 2023 Good University Guide, with many media outlets from across the home nations reporting on the standings. With student debt now averaging around £50,000, it's more important than ever that young people research and find the right institution and course for them. The list includes profiles of 135 universities across Britain, and uses data published by institutions in the last two months. The University of Bath is named University of the Year. Whilst it ranks eighth in the overall list, up from ninth in 2021, it won the award due to its strength across the board. Exeter was runner-up in this category, with Birmingham, Oxford and Surrey also shortlisted. Whilst Oxford misses out on the University of the Year award, it has again topped the league table, a position it has held for the past 12 years. St Andrews in Scotland was ranked second. Durham University was named Sports University of the Year thanks to its collegiate structure which encourages high levels of participation. The full list can be found by subscribing to the Times website. And finally, 250 former students at Bedford's Training College were awarded honorary degrees and reunited by the University of Bedfordshire this week. 
the graduates, now in their 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, attended the college between 1940 and 1978. The college, known in later years as the Bedford College of Physical Education, held a special ceremonies to celebrate sport and lifelong learning through physical activity. Most of the recipients have taught PE in schools, universities and local communities over the decades. In a week where service to others has been at the forefront of reflections about Her Majesty the Queen, the college has recognised the service and dedication of its former students. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about a social media post we regularly see. It goes something like this. I'm trying to show my class the reach of social media. Please reply with where you are in the world. Personally, I love this post and to honour it, I'm going to try it myself with a slight twist. I'm going to use the insert 3D map in Excel to show all of the places in the reply on a map of the world. It's so easy to do. You simply put a title in a new column, for example, towns, and then add all of the place names below. Finally, click insert and choose 3D map. If it's the first time you're using it, you'll need to follow a few prompts to get it working, but you'll be greeted with a 3D map of the world with a little square pinning all of the places you typed in. If you don't use Excel, don't worry. You can do the same in Google Maps by clicking on directions and adding every place as a waypoint on a journey. This is a great way of showing pupils the reach of social media posts in a way that they can visualize. I'll post the final map next week so you can use it with your pupils and save you a job. So what are you waiting for? Reply to my tweet or tell at TT Radio 2022 where you are and tag me in at Steve Woods one to one. Next week, I'll post the results. TZ Radio 2022. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from an... Sorry about that. Let that run a bit too long there. Um, if you're not following uh, Cratchers, who is Mark Cratchley? on twitter please do he obviously has absolutely stunning taste by uh, uh having a, a natter with me but he made some extremely good points about some of the things that teachers perhaps need to do to try and combat some of the ideas that are um uh, daft at best and dangerous at most in regards to uh internet celebrities in whatever sphere that they come from but and here's the uh I do like a, I like a bit of a butt on this show. Um, we also have to think about how much teachers can do. Um, social media websites um, are in all, uh, to a massive extent, are unregulated. Uh, they're unregulated um, and therefore um, anything, anything goes. Uh, the algorithms that make people popular uh, often, uh, often have controversy as their baseline and it's a very very difficult fight it's a very um uh, it's a very david and goliath kind of standoff with um huge multinational billion dollar companies versus uh you could selves in the classroom trying to trying to address um ideas that are parroted by kids that are uh, beyond the pale really I sound like a moral. I sound like a like a massive moralist. I've got a very my, my moral code is my moral code is written on the back of a Rizzler. Um, but but it's it's true. How what do we do? What do you go? You know how do you go up against this kind of thing? Perhaps 
maybe um, perhaps maybe uh, look at the spaces that students are using and look at what is going in as i said please call in tonight um we are we it's just me uh i'm uh, i'm listening uh, if you've got something to say please uh, try and uh, uh, get through onto on podbean live of course or you can uh, tweet me as the show continues at t starkey 1212 um happy to have a chat uh but here's the controversial thing Speaking personally, not as a teacher, I'm not a teacher, I'm an ex-teacher. And so thank you very much for those current teachers, the people whose voices matter here at TT Radio for calling in and giving us your opinion and giving uh, and messaging us as the show goes on. Is it really uh, teachers? Is it really teachers' responsibility? If a, a, if a company is not going to regulate themselves, who is the adult in a student's life who has most power when it comes to the regulation of message uh, and I am going to go out on a limb and do something that we don't often see when it comes to conversations about what teachers should be doing I mean if I go back to if I go back to the article itself I mean it says like, teachers urged to listen for manosphere talk in school corridors amid misogynic <laughs> misogynistic social media trends and I took I took I took kind of I took issue with that particular headline. I mean, if teachers are dealing with themselves, then um, it's it's reactive. It's about dealing with problems that um, have already happened. And what I really, really think is that it needs to happen uh, at an earlier stage. And therefore, I think uh, home and parental education and guardian education is perhaps uh, crucial in regards to this social media education uh, parents being informed as to what is going on now that's a tricky that's a tricky balance to get um, there's this there's there's this feeling that goes around as a parent it's like oh well this you can't you can't stop them from using the phone. You can't stop them from being on the website. You can't stop them from doing this and you can't stop them from doing that. Speaking as a parent and purely personally, yeah, you can. Of course you can. Limiting, limiting access to these sites, limiting access to the messages that sometimes these sites can push because they rely on pushing these messages for their revenue. It has to be, or it has to start in my opinion it has to start at home it has to start with the people who have the most influence on students lives. and as much as we like to think sometimes that educators are central in kids lives is we're not i say we um <laughs> uh, you guys aren't the parents are central and so when i see headlines about well what should teachers do what should what should the teachers do to recognize these things? What should teachers do to combat? And Mark was giving some fantastic advice about trying to, trying to find uh, spaces where, the other, where these opinions are and find the spaces where young people are hearing this stuff. But I'm not 100% on whether that is primarily, or that primarily should be the teacher's role. For me, it should be a parental role. Um, and how we go about promoting that uh, where you know um, social media use at home 
um, I, I sent, a tw- I, f- I forgot, I sent a tweet about this particular article and I'm going to see if I could rapidly find it. Probably not because I'm on my, I'm on one massive screen with about 122 different windows open and it's all a little bit slow at this point. But um, the tweet I sent in response went along the rounds of, um, you know, okay, it's all well and good for teachers to be involved, but if parents are given unfettered access to the internet to young people, there has to be some responsibility along with that as well. You know, I mean, is it because is it because parents don't know about um, what goes on? in these digital spaces yeah of course it is sometimes it is yeah obviously but there does seem to be a kind of an attitude oh well we can't stop them so we'll just we'll just let the kids do be on whatever they want whenever they want and we see it in all forms of kind of digital media we see it on video games we see kids who've been playing you know who've been playing warzone till four o'clock in the morning coming absolutely ruined we see kids who spend uh, nine ten eleven hours a day on social media and it's not always a negative don't get me wrong it's not always a negative um speaking personally in my own work history um there have been fantastic instances of students who have been able to use social media um to come out of themselves and to be able to present a very authentic version of themselves that they may not be able to do in real life. And I'm not saying this is everything is everything, everything about the internet is bad, but there's enough to be worried about it. And I think as parents, parents should be worried about it. And if you're giving unfettered access to sites like TikTok to young people, and it's not like just secondary school young people we're talking about, talking about primary school. I've had, you know, I've had teachers come up to me and say, yeah, this guy's, uh, we've got, we've got kids in year three parroting this guy we've got you know we've got year sixes you know telling girls that you know they're not good enough go and go into the kitchen make me a sandwich and all that absolute all that absolute nonsense but where are they getting the message from they're getting the message from they're getting the message from the internet but where where's the guardian where's where's the uh, where's the barrier between young people and um those messages for me it's the parents got to be the parents because they're the major influence in young people's lives but how can so instead of also dealing with the end result of um having these people with massive power massive followings um having their you know their ideas uh you know the homophobic misogynistic racist um you know dangerous ideas being embraced you know that you have to be a shield sometimes as a parent um I work heavily with technology. I limit the use of my children's technology at home. It's that old chestnut, isn't it? That, you know, uh, um, these are Silicon Valley professionals uh, send kids to school who where there's not very much um, focus on the use of the internet to find information. I'm not too sure whether that's a myth, actually. It could well be. I haven't got, like I say, no research here, guys, because that would mean that I have to read and... Um, <laughs> And I haven't got time. But what I mean is that teachers can teachers can be reactive and deal with and these conversations are not comfortable. You know, Mark was saying that, you know, you had to, you have to say something. You can't just let this stuff go. But that's a reactive 
model. You know, how do we, teachers aren't in the home. Teachers do not have responsibility for the messaging that is getting to kids. That's a parent's job, in my opinion. Now, uh, you know, parenting styles, uh, they, they differ across the board. It's a, it's a very, very broad church. And I'm not one to tell other people how to do their job when it comes to their kids. But if you have somebody with a foghorn screaming that women are not good or people from other countries uh, need watching or anything like the nonsense that I hear from all spheres when it comes to digital media and, uh, and social media, there's got to be a point where as a parent, you just say, no, no, I'm sorry. You don't, you know, I'm not giving you access to that. I'm not letting you have, uh, you know, unfettered access to say TikTok. Let's use TikTok as an example. So me personally, and I, like I say, I'm no, I am, I am not, uh, I'm not the role model of parenthood uh, for anybody in the world, but I, I'm not going to let my kid be on TikTok. Uh, well, at this point in time, my our eldest is 12, my youngest is seven, and they are not, uh, they're, they're not allowed on TikTok. I use certain blocking apps at home. Yeah, of course, they're going to be out with other people and they're going to see other kids' phones, and that's absolutely fine, but I'm going to have a conversation about um, what they see. I'm going to talk to them about what the ideas are behind um, some of these messages and how companies work to promote these messages to, well, gain money. I'm going to have that conversation, but I do have the knowledge or I do have a certain amount of knowledge to have those conversations. And that's not the case every single time. I mean, that's unfortunate. But when I read these, when I read these articles, you know, what teachers need to and teachers should be doing and teachers that was like, whoa, 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 what about the parents? To be honest, that goes farther than like kind of the, the evils of social media, the evils of the internet. That goes like in all, in all things. I often see these, you know, teachers must do this. And I was like, well, why, why isn't it not happening at home? Of course, there are places where it won't be happening at home. I think we all know that. But if we're going to, if we're going to, if teachers are going to try to battle in school, some of these ideas, that battle also has to be at home. And um, I think now with the internet being what it is, I'm not 100% sure about the excuse that, oh, well, we don't, we don't really know what goes on. Um, I don't think it holds up anymore. As I say, I don't let my own kids go on certain sites. I block certain sites outright. Uh, and I talk to the kids when they come to me. And, you know, luck, I'm lucky. They do come to me. Um, of course, they probably won't come to me about everything. I am not I am not a romantic about that kind of thing. But we do talk about, you know, why is this person doing this? What What's what's good about the message? What's bad about this particular message? Um, perhaps you shouldn't do a challenge that will put yourself in physical danger. Perhaps you shouldn't listen to somebody who makes a lot of money telling people that they're not working hard enough. Perhaps you shouldn't be listening to somebody who's made a career in belittling people of the opposite sex. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I think Mark, Mark has a very good point about challenging it when it comes to the school. But for me, I also think that there has to be a challenge before then. It's not just up to teachers when it comes to society. 
to try to uh, act as opposition to some of this stuff. Uh, much has uh, written a message. Is that a reactive approach too, though? I wonder if parents teaching kids critical thinking skills and warning them against these types more actively could be an answer. I think you're bang on, Mark. I think you're absolutely bang on. But then again, like the conversation that we had previously, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so is there a role for schools, as they have been doing, to point out certain things, certain dangerous trends, certain um, dangerous people, and say, listen, look out for this? because we hear what kids are doing um, and uh, you can act as a signpost really for this kind of thing. I don't know what the answer is, if I'm going to be honest. I wish I did. I wish I did when it comes to this kind of stuff because it worries me. Um, you know, I'm pretty free and easy when it comes to social media. I tend to say what I think. Um, I'm hoping that I am not influencing people uh, in, uh, to do things, to do silly things. Um, but I think there has to be kind of a unified response when it comes to this. And that unified response has to have um, knowledge at the heart of it, knowledge of the messages that are getting out there, um, which is why I was like, like I said at the beginning, which is why I was surprised. I was surprised by the, I was surprised by the surprise of educationalists, um, teachers, other folk involved in education, that this stuff is filtering through. This isn't, by the way, this isn't kind of a modern a totally modern phenomenon as well we've had we've had um, we've had things like this uh, in schools for time memoriam we've had popular popular singers in the past for instance who have had deeply homophobic um ideas uh, put through in their lyrics we've had all sorts of stuff going on um, uh, we've got a message here. My kids, uh, from my, my kids' schools are pretty good at putting out bulletins to parents about sites and trends to be aware of. Yeah, same with me. Same with me. So, you know, does your school have a, you know, does your school have a facility to kind of act as a, as a first warning for uh, things on social media, for instance, that perhaps may not be entirely kosher? You know, hopefully they do. I'm all. I, I really believe that a school can be a central hub for the community that it serves. I think it should be a central hub for the community it serves. And uh, issuing warnings like that is um, is a great way to share information um, and be able to disseminate that information further than perhaps it may get if schools didn't act in that capacity. So if you're out there and if you are working in a school, if you're management maybe, have a think to yourself. Um, have your staff uh, signposted anything to you that they're concerned about in relation to social media? And if they have, have you thought about giving it to the wider community and um, letting people know? Um, as Mark says, having a knowledge about other spheres and sometimes um, spheres that we don't really want to be involved in. I don't want to go on TikTok. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to go on TikTok. I don't want to look at some daft challenge. I have learned that if you put the word challenge in front of something daft, you can get anybody to do it. You know, um, yeah. So I think this is this is here's a hint and tip for teachers out there. Just um, create something called the homework challenge on TikTok, and then you know everybody's going to do the homework. That's how it works. <laughs> but um, you know, it's about being uncomfortable about your. Um, being uncomfortable, uh, but still being able to view a little bit of a wider world when it comes to social media, when it comes to digital media, when it comes to the internet in general. So yeah, um, let me have a quick look down uh, the comments line. 
um, where I am. Yeah, we've got a couple of teachers saying, yeah, we've had we've had students parroting some awful stuff in regards to um, uh, girls at school. Um, we uh, we've got somebody here, uh, somebody here talking about challenges. Um, uh, I've got a, a number of uh, teacher friends who listen to this show who aren't on social media, but have just I've got sent the message. Um, some of these challenges are ridiculous. Of course, we've had students and young people in the country uh, being gravely in, injured after following challenges that they've seen on TikTok. Yeah, I mean that's 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 it, isn't it? It's not just about messages. It's about actions and that real simple thing of copying an action that you see. And that's encouraged on certain media sites. Trend. Oh, I just had to jump on this trend because I know that everybody else is jumping onto this trend and then therefore I can get, I can eke out a few more likes for it. This, this, you know, it, um, it, for me, it's a sad state of affairs, you know, it's a sad state of affairs, but it is something that our young people have to deal with. It's, 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 um, it's very much part of their lives. Doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, parents, if if you are, if you are kind of worried about the social media that you stu- that your kids are consuming, um, sometimes it's worth having that battle about you know, um, do they need this phone in their lives? Do they need this access? Um, I'm not saying you know everybody returns to a to a pastoral existence and everybody kind of you know, but what I am saying is that in some cases, in a lot of cases, you have to act as a shield for your kids. Um, in regards to social media, you have to, you have to, because nobody else is going to do it for you. Certainly, the certainly the platforms aren't. That's not. It's a that's a counter to their. Uh, uh, that's counter to the benefits. And of course, when it comes to companies, there's not many companies that are going to put something in place that means they're going to lose money. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a pretty, uh, you know, it's quite a serious show tonight. I don't, I don't mind being serious every once in a while, you know, I'm, a, um, as much as I like to give a little bit of brevity and frivolity to these, um, to these podcasts, it's nice to just kind of have a little bit of a, a deep dive, as it were, into some of the issues that teachers are facing, some of the issues that uh, the students who we who we know and care about are facing, and some of the uh, wider societal issues that come through when it comes to things like social media. So, yeah, I mean, the the list that I'm looking at when I just came to the first the first things that have come across, you know, uh, there have been incident instances in the country that social media has been used to lure. Uh, students um, uh, into attacks and in uh, a number of cases into uh, murders. Um, Would this have happened without social media? Yeah, um, I I don't know. It may be the case that people are like, we go back to that thing, you know, oh, well, you know, social media, you're using social media now. If it's so evil, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, well, that's very true. But just because I'm using a tool in a certain way, does that mean that everybody else is going to use a tool exactly the same? Uh, and then we get to that question, well, we need to educate kids on how to use these tools um, and, you know, what's appropriate and being able to, and being able to kind of identify when a message is harmful or be able to be brave enough to stand up, to be able to be brave enough in some cases just to block and ignore, you know, um, I worked with um, I worked with a number of charities about 
digital safety and about bullying and uh, social media as being a means to extend the reach of people uh, of people who are bullying and the kind of the baseline the baseline uh, advice in many cases is to block ignore it's it's not about trying to gain justice it's about trying to disregard any effect that somebody may be having but that's easier said than done that takes a certain amount of gumption and bravery when it comes especially when it comes to cyberbullying um uh, yeah the reason that i'm sounding a bit dour is that historically in the places that i've worked with you know alternative provision uh pros, um and uh, when it comes to some of the um issues in relationships of the students uh, social media has done nothing but increase the harm uh, that has been carried out i've used this i've used this analogy one, uh, once before um, I believe on the show, I seem to remember, but um, social media increases the reach of a bully's fist. You know, it allows it allows somebody to um, uh, digitally enter somebody's home. It allows somebody to digitally be in somebody's pocket. Whether you use the, you know, block, report, ignore kind of advice. Um, and that can lead to all sorts of anxieties, you know, um, back in the good old days of bullying, <laughs> um, you know, at least th there was some recompense from that um, once you left the physical space. However, um, now with the digital space and the physical space being almost at one in many cases, there's no rest. Um, and we, and we uh, or you teachers out there, teach a generation of students who, um, find it very difficult to conceptualize the off button. You know, social media is one of the ways that uh, social groups are organized. Social media is one of the ways that contacts are made, friendships are made. And of course, these are all positives. Uh, and uh, asking a student just to abandon that side of things can sometimes be, um, well, it can be, an, it can be an unrealistic ask, in all honesty. Um, but I've seen I've seen uh, the use of social media um, for nefarious purposes completely destroy kids, you know, completely destroy kids. And no, it's not it's not the tool that they're using, but the tool helps. You know, you know, social media helps people who want to do harm have a greater reach, as we're seeing with these internet stars, who perhaps have views that are harmful. I say perhaps they do have views that are harmful. I don't even know I'm sitting on the fence of this one. Usually I do like a, a couple of splinters in my rear as I try to kind of look at things from different perspectives. But for tonight, I think, yeah, these people are trying to do harm, um, probably as a byproduct of trying to make money, but who cares? Um, so uh, when we think about these things, um, we have to think about such as how do, how do teachers respond when they see it? How can uh, schools inform the wider community that there may be issues? What kind of education can we give to students themselves to be able to uh, be brave enough to block and report or to be brave enough to tell somebody? You know, um, there's, a, there's a certain amount of inherent secrecy in regards to the digital spaces that young people use. Because it's it's not it's not it's not somebody else's space. I mean, if you look at the the user profiles of people on Twitter and you look at the user profiles of people on TikTok, it's very much age based. 
It's very much age based, and I'm pr- I'm guaranteed there'll be kids out there using certain platforms that I don't know about. You know, um, I'll guarantee, and I'll guarantee um, there'll be Discord, there'll be Discord uh, channels that have things that I would I I wouldn't believe. Um, I mean, I, I've been I've been j- I've been jaded by just the things that I've seen in the last ten years in regards to things uh along the lines of uh you know extremist message boards um from uh, from every single uh kind of uh, ideological spectrum you know um some of some of these things are you know they're clear and present and they're here now but there'll be ways and means that people do the same thing using tools that uh, someone who's fairly au fait with social media, I won't, I won't know, and I might not even understand them. It's very much like Mark was saying a little bit earlier on in the show. It's about trying to, trying to at least have a view of the things or the places that our students are and what the messages that they are being given. But anyway, we'll just have a little uh, review of the uh, our sponsorship uh, uh, for the moment, and then after that, we'll do a little bit of summation. Hi, I'm Charlie Burley, the Teacher's Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators, Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and wellbeing in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers, including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. There'll be talks, workshops and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc Venues St Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. So what do we do? I say we, you know, me as a parent, uh, hopefully you guys out there who are teaching um, and anybody else who uh, is listening tonight, what's, 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 what's the game plan, guys? What's the game plan? How do you fight multinational companies that are promoting people who are saying things that are just pretty much horrendous? Um, I don't know. In all honesty, I think parental education is a, a definite bonus. I think being able to restrict uh usage of uh, websites and stuff is pretty much an essential it's very old school it's a little bit cut it's it's a little bit totalitarian but as a parent uh, i don't care <laughs> <You know? laughs> if if i if i can stop if i can stop some absolute plonkers message getting uh into into my son's head before uh, rather than having to address it once it's there uh, i'm going to do it um, but of course, that is completely up to an individual and how you work and how you work with your own kids. Uh, and I completely get that. 
Um, I believe, yeah, I think parents need to be more savvy when it comes to this kind of thing. And, I, and it's, I th it's parents primarily, you know, like I say, the, all the media is like, teachers need to, no, 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 parents. It's the parents that need to do this. This is where the message is coming through. Uh, you have to be brave enough to have the conversations. You have to be brave enough to stop the flow of information sometimes. Um, teachers can teachers can address these things as they come up and mark gave an excellent example at the beginning of the show on how to do that um i think he said uh, tutor tutorial time tutorial time is a good uh, is a good thing um it's kind of like that strange mixture of a little uh, a little bit of a social time a little bit of academic time and it's one of the it's one of the kind of one of those places where you do hear things because kids are a little bit a little bit kind of bit more sociable talking to each other and it's a nice way to kind of just just have a listen and have a have a have a think um but you know if you have students espousing you know misogynistic uh, racist homophobic nonsense because they've heard somebody who's got a fairly slick TikTok say it or they've heard they've heard it on a YouTube video or you know always oh, just a joke sir as Mark was saying oh it's just a joke he's funny um what do you do I think in those cases you have to what you do is you separate uh, the reason from the behavior itself and as Mark did um in his example the students started to backtrack immediately they said, oh, well, you know, it's like, this is, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you're talking, you know, you know, you're talking uh, about somebody who's misogynistic, who's about somebody who has a history of belittling women and possibly uh, allegedly assaulting women. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, and then you may find that the students backtrack. But me personally, I would remove the reasoning and I would remove the message from the action itself. If you have a student who says something misogynistic, I don't care if he's on social media for like 23 out of the 24 hours out of the day, you deal with the behavior. That's what I think. You deal with the behavior. You say, right, that's absolute nonsense. You said it out loud. This is how the, but this is our behavior strategy in this regard. You cannot say sexist things. This is the punishment. It doesn't matter sometimes that, you know, our students are kind of peppered with nonsense from various digital spaces. It doesn't matter because the behavior needs to be addressed as is. It really does because that, what, if you don't do that, if you think, oh, no, we need, to, we need to sit down and talk about, you know, what you just said and we need to sit down about the reasoning. What you're sending out is you're sending out a message that there's, there's, a, certain, um, there's a certain understanding as to uh, the why behind the behavior uh, it, the, the why behind the behavior can be dealt with afterwards you deal with the actual behavior this kid says something to a girl that's sexist or you know highly inappropriate if they're talking about disabled kids in a discriminatory manner that's one of my top bugbears given given where i work um you deal with that and you deal with it on its own and you ensure that a student knows that it's unacceptable then you can think about well how has this student got this message but if you don't deal with it swiftly and fairly publicly then what you're doing is you're giving an inherent you're giving a, you're giving a pass to the student yeah yeah the messages from social media are invasive they are pretty much everywhere they are pretty much um designed to be copied designed to be um repeated but it doesn't matter 
the behavior itself is still unacceptable. And of course, what schools um, do is that they have to point out that that behavior is unacceptable and go with their go with the behavior uh, standards that they've set up for themselves purely as another signpost we talked about well i talked about signposts because these 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 podcasts are just me talking apart from the fantastic people that call in or the fantastic people that make a comment on uh, social media as the podcasts go on but schools have to make the signposts themselves that this stuff isn't acceptable uh, you know, in the school community, and therefore, because it's not acceptable in the school community, it's not acceptable outside the school community. Just because some twonk with a glasses and muscles says that something is so, uh, you don't get to say that. Yeah, you're influenced, and those influences exist, and that's understood. But if you're going to parrot that nonsense, you're going to be taken down for that nonsense that you're parroting, not because you've been brainwashed. You know. Because what that does, it does it does a couple of things. It gives it means that there's a seriousness to individual action, therefore creating individual responsibility. Uh, and then, ah, then by all means, look for look for where they've got this message from. Have a look, find it, advertise the fact that there is some meatbag, <laughs> some meatbag talking nonsense, and people are applauding him for it. Or there is someone who is uh, directing kids to self-harm sites. Or there is somebody sharing a hilarious meme about a kid in a wheelchair. You know, that stuff. That Yeah, of course, all of these things are peddled by social media. But if you repeat them, you're part of the problem. And kids need to know that. And that needs that message also needs to be signposted to the other students in your place of education, and then look for the reasons behind it. But you've got to make that sign first. You've got to you've got to you've got to come out, you know, by no you know you know in no uncertain terms, and say this is unacceptable. It is unacceptable here, and therefore, because hopefully schools or other education establishments where you work are reflections of your wider community then it's unacceptable in the wider community uh i i know i know i'm i'm kind of like a i'm kind of giving it the old you know <laughs> fire and brimstone tonight ladies and gentlemen on a sunday evening um but i think it warrants it you know it warrants it the children are caught up in a uh children are caught up and being used um by platforms to peddle controversy um for profit and therefore uh you know there is a certain amount of understanding as to why they may be parroting these ideas or and don't get me wrong this isn't just a case that students are non-thinking automatons that will copy uh what is being said there will be students who internalize these messages and that's where it becomes incredibly dangerous whether these messages are extremist whether these messages are sexist whether these messages are uh homophobic or whatever whatever kind of whatever kind of river of effluence uh, enters somebody's mind but yeah the students kids of whatever age are, are not without thought and not without critical processes themselves and so it's not just the message that's dangerous it's in some cases it's the parroting of the message it's the normalization 
of the message that itself is dangerous and schools can step in and they can stop that. They can just kind of, they can just slam a brick wall right there and say, no, you don't do that. You are, uh, you go, you're punished in whatever way that the school deems appropriate. But there are kids that will take on board these messages and will internalize them and will, instead of parroting them, will believe them. And that is where it comes becomes a little bit more difficult. And I think it becomes a little bit out of the remit of schools, unless the school has such a strong uh, social um, emphasis uh, as to why these messages are not acceptable. So it's, it's, there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of different things to consider. There's different ways to deal with these things. Um, in some cases, it may be the case that students need a certain amount of deprogramming, you know, um, and that. And of course, when I talk about parents' knowledge, um, it's not necessarily the, the case that it's going to be the parents' uh, lack of knowledge. It'll be sometimes it'll definitely be the case that the parents are promoting these messages, you know. It's not a perfect world out there. So it's not always the case that you're going to have the parents on board with being able to put the idea across that these aren't acceptable things. So that's another God, that's another uh, piece of problematic, uh, problematic thought for a late Sunday evening. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I'm, 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 not, here, I'm not here for this kind of intellectual stimulation. You know what I mean? I've had, uh, I've had, um, I've had three coffees and I'm sat on a beanbag you know but, but all joking aside it's a serious issue and I, I, anybody who says it isn't is probably trying to sell you something they're probably they probably work for facebook or they work for tiktok or they work for they work for instagram it's a serious issue uh, messages um uh, messages through social media through digital through the internet massively persuasive uh, uh fairly insidious sometimes and schools are right to be concerned i was just I was just surprised at how late that concern seems to have reared its head. I mean, you know, in some ways, thank God for thank God for uh, people like Andrew Tate for bringing this stuff to light. You know, yeah, I didn't think I'd be saying that at the beginning of the show, seriously. Um, but thank, it's great that sometimes what we have is we have certain characters who act as uh, avatars for some of the issues or a lot of the issues that social media in particular has in general. And what we can do is we can identify that there are people out there like this. It's not just Tate. It's not just Tate. Don't believe that for a second. You know, um, Andrew Taintism is a figurehead of uh, a attitude that is fairly pervasive across a lot of social media so don't don't be thinking like you know well you know he's been he's been shut down on um a lot of uh kind of platforms now and usually to be honest that's enough you see you know you see these people and they say these horrible things and they do these horrible things um but it's not it's not about oh people coming to the realization that you know this guy these people and uh, you know tate and other people like him are are terrible people and shouldn't be followed what usually puts a stop to it is that they are deplatformed. Um, Andrew Tate's been taken off uh, pretty much every social media platform. In the past, we've had people very much akin to him who have been removed from the platform, and it's almost like, boom, they're removed from the 
psyche, the international national psyche of folk, because when it comes to the end of the day, the messages that they peddle are empty. It's bluster. It's it's surface. It, there's there's nothing of any worth there, and even as obvious that as that is to some people, it doesn't matter because you know as a as um, Mark pointed out, you know, oh, he might be slightly funny, you know, or he might be uh, charismatic, you know, and we all know that what happens when charismatic people with a lack of morality uh, get platforms um, and uh, positions of power. We know where that leads, especially you history teachers. So removing their voice, removing, removing the nonsense that they peddle and just say, and just not, not giving them anywhere where they can peddle it is is probably the best option. But until that happens, then, you know, uh, it's up to schools, it's up to parents, it's up to, well, it's up to, you know, adult authority to say, look, listen, uh, you know, th- it might be funny or this person might say, oh, he's so controversial. Who cares? Who cares about, oh, he's, he's just, he's just saying it as he, he's saying it as it is. He's just speaking, speaking the minds of the people. He's not, no one speaks the minds of people, plural, you know, it it doesn't exist. That's just an excuse. So people can uh, ensure that somebody who shares, (laughs) shares the same absolute cobblers that they think has a platform. Now I'm not, you know, I talk about that, uh, you know, deplatforming. And as somebody who said that they enjoy free speech at the beginning, uh, you know, it's, it's a contradiction in terms, but I never said that I was a um, consistent in my thinking, ladies and gents. If you come here for consistency, ladies and gentlemen, I think you may well be in the wrong place. Um, but I also think that until, you know, until uh, people have a greater knowledge of how social media works, until how people have a greater knowledge of how it can be manipulated to push certain views or how it's designed to be manipulated to push certain views, sometimes just removing, removing the, um, removing the microphone from people is um, a good idea. But schools can't do that. Parents can't do that. So what have you got to fall back on? Knowledge, knowledge, and challenge. And the thing that typically I see from teachers or every day is a bravery to just stand up and say no, don't be daft, Dean, Dean in year eight. If you want to copy that kind of stuff, be my guest, but you'll be, you'll be, you know, you'll be saying it in detention for the rest of the week. It's, it's that kind of thing. You got to, you got, you got, I think, you know, teachers are in a perfect position to make a stand and informed or have an informed rebuttal, but that means they need to be informed. And in the case of this particular uh, person, I was surprised at the lack of information that the uh, teachers seem to have. So as Mark said at the beginning of the show, being, you know, have a, have a dip into the waters of um, the social media that young people use. Yeah, you, yeah, you're uh, my, my uh, the fantastic Tom Rogers, my producer, uh, head of TT Radio, um, boss man, as uh, I like to call him, not to his face, I boss man. And it's a Dean. Yeah, I know. It could be Dean. It could be Tom. It could be Serena. It could be Connor. It could be anybody. Anybody's open to being influenced by these types of ideas, especially young people. So 
let's act as a shield. Parents act as a shield against it. Teachers act as a shield against it. You know, try your best. Um, because you, when you see it, you're like, oh, what? <laughs> it's not difficult to identify after the fact, but perhaps getting in there uh, a little bit earlier will help when it comes to those conversations that hopefully if you do hear any of this nonsense you are having with the kids but then again uh who am i to talk ex-teacher that i am um so yeah let's let's try and let's try and summarize a bit let's do a plenary ladies and gentlemen um so we've talked about well i've talked about it and we've had a couple of comments uh, thank you very much, everybody who's commented. It always makes the shows. Um, it just gives. It, it just makes. It opens it up, because otherwise it's just me talking, and I can be opinionated. And and strangely enough, I have been told in the past that I can be wrong. I don't believe it, to be honest. I'd like to see the research backing that up, but it's. But apparently, it's true according to other people. Um. So it's nice to open it up to a little bit of a wider audience. It's nice to hear what people are saying it's a bit worrying that you know we've got extremely young students kind of parroting rubbish but when have we haven't you know when have you haven't as it were but yeah i don't you know i, I said it was going to be a bit of a serious one tonight so that's that's and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it's a serious issue um just the way that i came up with that list that i did the, the list of that list that i said at the beginning of the show took me like 30 seconds like oh yeah there's this and 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 there's this there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense there's a lot of harm out there in regards to social media in regards to internet in regards to the digital world but as i do like to kind of end uh, on a slightly positive note there is a lot of good out there as well let me give you an example um i work with fantastic uh, fantastic staff and i um also work with a fantastic student council who, um, after a meeting, were able to uh, create quickly and easily a uh, a group chat that enabled them to uh, share ideas like nothing. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Those people made contact that day and through social media will be able to carry on that contact, do some good in the world. You know, we have, we have villains uh, on these sites, but we also have heroes as well we have people doing fantastic work and saying fantastic things and sometimes what can be the most extraordinarily difficult circumstances and i don't think that should be forgotten just because i don't like the fact that there's uh, a lot of people out there who shouldn't have access to the hearts and minds of young people uh you know we have charitable organizations we have people online who actually are funny and they're great and the world is a better place for them but you know i mean we can we can celebrate technology and we can celebrate the way this the technology bring people together um uh, until the cows come home especially if you're you know you're selling technology which is often the case but there is a dark side and it's the same with anything when i talk about these kind of areas you have to you can't shy away from it or you shouldn't shy away from it because of a certain romanticism about technology or because you believe that uh, there's inherent good in people or students uh, have a huge capacity for critical thinking. All of this is true. But also, 
there's also uh, a dark side and i know there's a dark side because it took me all of 30 seconds to come up with a fairly horrendous list of stuff that is um if not created by the internet and social media is definitely pushed by it so um yeah it's something to think about something to think about something to uh something to ponder not something to uh depress you on a sunday evening um uh, we have uh, we have the Queen's funeral tomorrow. Uh, we have an extra day of rest and perhaps reflection if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but uh, my takeaway, if you're a teacher and you hear this kind of stuff, and I know that you're time poor, I know that you've got a million other things going on, but if you have the effort, if you have the time and the effort, and you know you're not absolutely KO'd by the end of the day. Do a bit of detective work. Find out where these ideas are coming from. Find out the platform that people are being platformed on. Have a little delve into the digital world of the students that you uh, see, you know, and and have a look at the messages that they are being given. It's very, very. It's an eye opener. Sometimes, it's an, yeah, an absolute eye opener. Uh, so that's that's the one for teachers. Uh, parents, um, don't be afraid of restricting usage to the of the internet. Just don't, just don't. Uh, it's, it's called being a parent. Sometimes you have got to take a hit. Sometimes you have got to be the bad guy. You know, if uh, your kid's seeing something on TikTok that you think, oh my god, that's horrible, remove the platform, remove the platform, get rid. Yeah, it will cause it will cause a ruckus, but you know, doesn't everything? You know what I mean. Uh, and I think that will probably just do it for this evening. Um, hopefully you've got something out of this show, um, uh, aside from perhaps severe depression. <laughs> um, uh, I'll be back in a few weeks. I think we'll uh, take a step back from the serious cliff edge and we will start having a look at specific technological tools. Um, I think... What we're going to look at in my next uh, in my next show, we're going to look at the use of technology, um, but we're also going to have a look at training that surrounds that technology. Uh, in my own work, technology, I love the technology, but technology is nothing without training. So how do you train perhaps a student? How do you train a member of staff to use a particular technology to the best of its ability? Um, because uh, I was talking a little bit about this earlier on this week. It's not just about the tool, it's about the technique. So, oh, there's the title for uh, my next show, which is in a few weeks, I believe. Uh, not just the tool, it's the technique, and we'll look at how to train um, educators and students in technology to get the best out of it. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic uh, rest of the week. Uh, you know, do some good if you can, and if you can't do some good, you know, just hang on. You know, you're needed, all right? All right. So thank you very much. Um, have a lovely evening. Have a lovely uh, time when you head back into your institutions of choice. And I will speak to you soon.